This is Truth and Love Ministries, where we bring people home to God by learning His truth and experiencing His unending love. God is doing incredible things to mold you into the best version of you. Do you see what He's doing? If not, realize that much of what He's doing comes from the unfavorable situations that you experience. In this week's sermon, we take a look at the end of Joseph's story. And while it may be hard to believe, the things that are happening to you are actually for you. So like Joseph, let's forgive, reconcile with those that have hurt us, and trust that God is using it all to bring us into his purpose. Um, guys, she, she gives me this bag when I leave. I don't leave without it. I've left dessert before, the banana pudding, but I've never left the dressing. Um, and I can't wait to, uh, I'm going to do it at Easter this time. So I'm defrosted it, but I thank you for that. But the most thing, when I think of you, Mother Nun has a prayer circle. So when anything happens, she sends the message out to her prayer circle. So it honors me when I get a prayer request from such a mighty woman of God that you would have confidence in me to be able to pray for whatever the situation is. And I love you so much for that. Uh, to my brother, my friend, I'm just honored to know you. Uh, there's so much more that I could say, but I think that puts it all into perspective that I'm just so grateful for God's wisdom that he will give me a friend and a brother uh, as you. Uh, I'm, I have a, a younger sister, so I'm the oldest child, so I'm used to giving orders and um, making things happen. Um, but it's good to have somebody older than me that I call my brother. I don't, have, I don't have many friends. I do have friends, but not many friends, but I'm honored to call him my friend. Um, Marcus, you really blessed me this morning with your worship. And as I listened to you talk, it took me back to I started just like you. I started as a praise and worship leader. And what I began to think when I was looking at you, uh, any of y'all watch Hell's Kitchen? Y'all watch it? So they're down to the final uh, few people. But they sent a lady home last week. And Marcus, what they, what he, he, she had only been cooking for a year. And what he said to her, he said, you have great gifts and talents, but when your experience lines up with your gifts and talents, you're going to be unstoppable. And as I was standing there today looking at you, when your experience lines up with your gifts and talents, you're going to be unstoppable. And I just ask that you continue to let God use you. Your audience may not be for everybody, but God has a special group that needs to hear what you have to say. So continue to walk in the vein of God. Amen. Let's preach your word, guys. I'm coming from Genesis, the 45th chapter, the third through the eighth verse. Uh, Pastor Nan did this wonderful slide. Give him a hand, guys. And so he was trying to tell me, all you got to do is click and move around. No, sir. Uh, I'm going to let Marcus do it. And I'll just read from my phone. And he reads, Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph. Is my father still alive? But when his brothers heard this, they were so terrified that they could not answer. Verse 4, then Joseph said to them, Please come closer. They did. And he said, I am your brother Joseph, whom you sold into Egypt. 
Verse 5, now do not be upset or blame yourselves because you sold me here. It was really God who sent me ahead of you to save people lives. Verse 6, this is only the second year of famine in the land. There will be five more years in which there will be neither plowing nor reaping. Verse 7, God sent me ahead of you to rescue you in this amazing way and to make sure that you and your descendants survive. In verse 8, so it was not really you who sent me here, but God. He has made me the king highest official. I am in charge of this whole country. I am the ruler of all Egypt. If you will say these words with me, it was good for me. So I want to start off this way. Um, I'm sure you all seen the commercial where this parent is uh, chasing this little two-year around saying, eat one more bite, eat your vegetables. Yeah. And um, it's, it's a funny commercial because the child is running like with all his might, not going to eat whatever the mom is giving. Or maybe you grew up in a home like mine where you were forced to sit at a table until you, somebody raised their hand, okay. You were forced to sit at a table until you eat what, till you ate what was already sitting there provided. Or maybe some of you parents set somebody at a table and would not let them leave until they ate what you had provided. The message is two things. One, they're saying that vegetables are good for you. As a child, you don't know that vegetables, you know, can prevent cancer, they can uh, prevent hypertension, uh, they can lower heart disease. We don't have the intellect at that time. Also, they're teaching us, do not be wasteful. Wasteful of food, wasteful of resources. But being younger, we have not matured. We don't have the intellect as of yet to know what is really good for us. I have the wonderful opportunity of having a grandmother who's 91. So whenever she wants to tell us off, she said, just live long enough. Now, you can't combat that, mother. <laughs> you have it. Um, but I, I use that in the context today, we don't recognize when things are happening in our lives that they're good for us, that it's going to have a good ending because all we can see at the moment is the bad stuff that's happening and it hurts. It's in the way and we just don't have the maturity, but if we live long enough, if we experience life a little long enough then we can come out with the saying, it was good for me. And I'm not going to be long. I know we're going to eat right after this, so I'm going to preach 20 minutes, and then we'll go eat, okay? Y'all just pray for me. Uh, and I know you preach like 45 minutes. I'm not going to be able to, okay, an hour. I'm going to give them 20 minutes, and we're all going to give God praise. So uh, in this passage of Scripture, we see a major moment of reconciliation, forgiveness, and a prepared for future. 
The story of Joseph actually, you know, starts in Genesis, the 37th chapter, and it goes to the 50th chapter. And I'm going to give you the cliff notes. What happened, as you already know, because it's def definitely a familiar passage, is starting in the beginning, Joseph was favored by his dad. That favor allowed people to be jealous of him. And I said people, but his brothers, to be jealous of him. Now, this is not in my notes, but I'll just give it to you. Isn't that interesting? We don't ask for the favor. We didn't ask to be born. We were. We didn't ask to be born in the order we was born in. We didn't ask to have the parents that we have. So it's really not my fault that you're jealous of me. Amen? Okay. Thank you, Lord, for that download. <laughs> then he goes from being favored to having a dream. He shares his dream with his brothers. Why is it always family? Not again in my notes, but I'm going to run through that light. <laughs> so he has a dream. He tells them of his dream, and they want to kill him. But thank God they just sold him. Him being sold, he became a slave. Becoming a slave, he became a slave not to just anybody, but a very known man, which made him a helper. But as we all know, someone finds you attractive and it just goes crazy. Gonna go through that red light too. So he ended up being put in jail over lies. Everybody said lies. And while he's in jail, he meets some people. And um, he uses the gift that God has you know, given him and they see it. And he's like, don't forget about me. And the people, as we all say, I got you. I'm not, I can't wait to get back to tell them. But the Bible records, records two years later, the king has a dream, and then now he's brought before uh, the king, and he's placed over all the land. Y'all with me? My first point here, and I only have four, is we have to stay focused on God. A lot of times we are expecting people to get us to the next level. So we latch onto their coattail, we hang around them, we take them out because they're going to be my bread and butter. You're going to get me here. So what, what happens is it becomes the good boy system. Scratch my back, I got yours. Um, you know, put, uh, put my time in. I'm not there yet, but clock me in. <laughs> but what we're not recognizing is, and I'm not hating, because we all, God does have influence. There are people who can mention our name to their boss and we get hired. So I'm not hating on that process, but it has a boundary that we can't cross. Because if you're not clear on your boundaries, you will become a liar. You may steal. So we have to be very careful who we latch on to because what's not said, when they fire you, they're going to fire me too. I had this uh, principle. Um, I've always been in education, as I told you last time. And I had this principle, and I thought she was my bread and butter. I thought she was going to get me to uh, the next level. I knew I was going to be uh, great, and I'm trying to be humble. But I knew I was going to be somebody. You know what I'm saying? I knew I was going to be somebody. <laughs> Um, and I thought she was the person to help me be somebody. So we are 
we, we were meeting together, planning for meetings. <laughs> then we take that, what we planned, and we um, meet with other people. Like, we're in it together, you know what I'm saying? And so one day, out the blue, I'm just headed somewhere in the school, and she stops me, and she says, come by my office when you get a chance. So who's not, I, I got a chance right now, let's go. So <laughs> we went for the chance, and she tells me that God has told her to take me out of the classroom. And I'm like, woman of God, <laughs> you have heard him today. <laughs> and um, she says she's going to make me an academic coach. Now, the interesting thing, big brother, I never wanted to be an academic coach, but it just sounds good. It's not in the classroom. Uh, I always knew my path was to be a leader in special education. Every degree that I have is uh, in special education, but because she is letting the Lord use her uh, to get me out of the classroom, let's go with it. So and, um, we talked, and I'm just all excited. I'm trying to be humble, and I'm like thanking God while she's talking. And so um, that day ends, and I go back the next day, and I was like, you really sure you heard God for me? Tell me about it. So she goes through this story that she was at home, and yada, 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 and God brought her in my mind, and she knows the will of the Lord. Let's say this conversation happens in April. School gets out in May. So in June, I'm ready to prepare for my position. But I don't get the position. Four other people get the position. So y'all know I like the silence. It, it feels that's what I was feeling. <laughs> that's what I was feeling. And I was shocked, Terrence, because she said God said. Because when people say you can't argue with God said. When people come to you, Pastor, God told me to leave this church. You can't say that. God, who are you? Is God? When people say God told me to move, go with God. So with her saying God said, I was there. But the seriousness of that is, it did something to me when I didn't get it. And it made me pause. Another part of that story is, uh, I applied for the position I have now, which I'm a supervisor of two schools of special ed teachers. And I applied for the job, but the first year I didn't get it. And Mama Nun was the one who kind of told me, Marcus, I wasn't going to get it. Uh, I had told her to pray and asked Pastor to pray, and they, you know, that's what they do. So I was talking to her, and she was like, I had a dream. And I'm like, about me? <laughs> and she was like, yes, I did. And she said, but in the dream, you were acting strange. <laughs> so I was like, where is this headed? And um, she said, <laughs> I think she said I had on red, and I was jumping up in the bed, and... Um, it was just awful. <laughs> I'll spare y'all the rest of the details. But the main thing, she kept on saying, I kept on, I was making the statement of somebody took something from me that I thought was mine. Now, I hung up with her, and I knew then that I wasn't going to get the job. Because it was such a weird dream, well, God dream, I shouldn't say weird. It was a dream I didn't want because I want this job. But my point of bringing that up is when following God, just like he has people to get you 
in the door, he has people to give you redirection. And people should be bold enough to tell you the truth when they love you. But focus on God. I was, uh, and when I talk, when I said people should be bold enough, y'all know me and Terrence have been friends for, what, 1998. Um, and the other day she got upset with me, I got upset with her on uh, one of our phone calls in the morning. She was talking about she had anxiety. So Marcus, I got real anointed driving to work, eating my McDonald's. And I was like, well, you know, anxiety is of the devil. And I said some other words, gave a personal testimony, and she got me right together. I always have had anxiety, and it's not going to stop today. And I said, well, well, really, I called to talk about me. Can we just shift to that? Because <laughs> you don't want to hear what I have to say. But my point is, in that conversation, me and her laugh a lot. But we're both grown, and I felt she needed to hear what I had to say. Because she's my friend, and I do believe the anxieties of the devil. Because if we trust God, he has everything prepared, so we should not have anxiety. In saying that, I do recognize people who suffer from anxiety is a real thing. And I know it has to be worked through. But I do believe, and I'm not coming against anybody, as believers of Christ, believers in Christ, I trust is in God. So, love you, Terrence. And I know she put that on tape, so she's going to play it again later. I'm going to move to my second point. My second point is forgiveness. Yes, people have hurt you. Yes, people have left you for dead. And I would say this. It was intentional. That's the hard part. Because we're always giving people passes. They didn't mean that. Or you consider their childhood and what they're going through. But sometimes it is intentional. But even though it's intentional, we have to learn, and I put the word journey through forgiveness. And I put journey through because it doesn't happen overnight. Because some pains, they're real deep. So it takes God uh, to, to cut that. We live in a world where everybody is cutting people off. You will not talk to me like that. We, we, we tell people crazy stuff like, if I ever see you again in life, it will be too soon. <laughs> and I'm guilty. I used, used to um, vaporize people. Uh-huh. Don't even see them. Vaporize it. And I felt so good telling them or thinking that they were vaporized. They're speaking to me in the hallway. I'm not speaking. I don't even see you. But what I got to come to... I had a hole in my heart. So my actions, my words were fueled through bitterness. Because what happens is, as you just said, when you're operating in unforgiveness, you're allowing the devil to use you. And although you may feel good at the moment and you got the last word and your neck was twirling and they know not to step to you like that again, what have you really accomplished, though? What have you really accomplished? So what we have to do in that journey is be open with our, honest with ourselves and honest with God. This wound really hurts. 
yeah, I'm used to just letting stuff go, but I can't seem to let this one go. But praying and being honest with God, he begins to open up that door. He begins to minister to your heart. But it takes God to do it. Uh, Terrence has this thing where if it's somebody she's not really feeling, she gets churchy and she says, God, love them through me. And that sounds very churchy, doesn't it? Um, but I get the message of what she's saying is, I know I don't have the capacity to love them. So that love has to come from God because love is of God. So I want us to really take the time to practice forgiveness, to practice getting over it. And I'll give you one more nugget. Until you're ready to forgive, be silent. Because the more you keep talking about it, the more it festers, the more your heart gets hard. Just be quiet. And this story is about family. That could be church family too. I'm not going to harm you with my words, so I'm just going to be quiet until God gives me the word to speak. Marcus, will you pull up verse 5? Heading to my third point. This, as, I, as he pulls that up, this morning as I was getting ready, uh, Mama Nun was in the den area and she was playing um, Charles Stanley. And interesting, he was talking about forgiveness. And what I heard, because I was kind of studying, making sure I had a, a, a good grasp on what I was going to speak, what I heard was him saying, when people hurt, hurt you, we build up this great case in our minds to use against them. And he said, but no matter what you say to God, it's never going to measure up. Yeah. That she's saying that God is not going to give you, a, you know what, you get a pass. They did that, oh, you get a pass for that. It's never going to be that. So it helped me to recognize just from listening to the, the snippet I, I, I listened to is that it's something, forgiveness is something that has to be walked out and worked out. Yeah. Verse 5, and what Joseph is saying to his brothers now do not be upset or blame yourselves because you said you sold me here. It was really God who sent me ahead of you to save people's lives. Yeah. My point there is reconciliation. We're so good at, as I said, cutting people off, but we're not good at reconciling. We use statements that I'm going to forgive you, but I'm never going to talk to you again. I'm going to forgive you, but you're not welcome in my home anymore. But is that really of God? Because if this man who was sold and all this stuff happened can forgive, then surely we can. But we take it a step further. The Bible tells us, consider yourselves while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So if Christ died for us, when we were against him, then surely someone hurting my feelings, I can get over that. And I'm still growing, guys. I'm not here because my rule is if you try to kill me, we're done forever. But this lets me know there is hope. There is hope. But I, when I talk about reconciliation, I want you to think of it as going out of your way 
to make sure someone has what they need. And that's a lot right there. Going out of your way that you misused me, you mishandled me, but going out of my way to make sure you feel loved and seen by God, only God can do that. Amen? But we have to have the humility that he did. Because if we, as we record this, as we listen to this story, um, when they found out who he was, they were afraid he's going to kill us. He's somebody now. He's not the little boy that we sold. But his heart wasn't there. So we have to allow God to get in our hearts to change everything. Mark is going to verse, verse 7. That'll be the last one. My fourth, my fourth point. God sent me ahead of you to rescue you in this amazing way and to make sure that you and your descendants survive. It was good for me that you sold me into slavery. It was good for me that I met the people that I met because they landed me right here to make sure that your life will be forever blessed. I, I live in a place called Dallas, Georgia, and I go to church in the city. So with that blessing others, it took Brother Isaac to help me with this thought. I hate for my time and my money to be wasted. And on top of that, I hate for my time and my money to be wasted. So... I get an attitude when people are calling me with foolishness. I get an attitude when people I don't talk to on a regular basis say you have $45. And so in that attitude, I was holding back. Because God, God has blessed uh, me, as I think I shared with you guys, I started this whole journey making $13,500 uh, a year, which r- roughly is $791 a month. And God has blessed to have a little bit more now. So I was trying to, a lot more now, Let me, because I won't got to take it. I have more, is the whole point. And you got to be honest about this stuff, because I want God to like, okay, you say it's little money? No. So I have more. So I felt justified in not giving. So Marcus, I'm ignoring people's calls. I'm not responding. But Isaac talked to me, and he was telling me, so you mean to think that you're giving out of what you have, that God, who allows you to give out, is going to let you be in lack? And I was like, huh, that is crazy. So now, from that conversation with him, once again, having conversations with people with stuff they don't want to hear, I didn't want to hear that. I want to hit, and you're absolutely correct. Do not give another dime to another person in Jesus' name. Is what I want to hear. But that's not what he said. But it changed my mindset that everything that I have is really God's. It just happens to be in Bank of America under my name. But it's really God's. So I should always be willing. And then he took it a step further. Thank God you're a pastor. I'm not. So he took it a step further. He said, I look for people to bless. 
I look for people to be a help to. So Mother and I said, God, I'm not ready now. Keep me on the lower level. <laughs> Keep me on the lower level. I'm not going, if they call me, I'll help. But I'm definitely not going to look for <laughs> But I'm learning in this journey to whom much is given, much is really required. And God allows us to experience greater so we can bring somebody else up into greater. When I look at this place, all of it, nothing but God. My first experience in here was in this corner. Uh, I wanted to talk to Isaac privately about something I was dealing with. And so we came to the church. This wasn't even here. And I don't think thought of maybe. But it wasn't, that fellowship hall wasn't there. But it, it, what, what amazes me, what a small ministry can do when you have these churches who 125 years and we're still working on the building fund. Let me get that $25. And we, ain't added, we haven't added on anything. So y'all know your tithe is not, just, it's not going to them because you see it. You worship in it. You eat in it. Amen. So in that last point, blessing others, I want you to go out of your way to bless someone who has done something against you. Because God gets the glory. Amen. My last thing, and I hope I'm around the 20 minutes. I'm, am I good, guys? Um, I was asking God, I, when, I, when I started this message or writing it down, I was like, I really want to give a message that will encourage Isaac. You two guys, too. But really him. And I was asking God, like, why is it good for me? I got that part. But then the stuff that he put in here about forgiveness and reconciliation and blessing others, it didn't line up to me. But this morning as I was studying, what he said to me is, this is truth in love. So the truth has to come in love. And that you can't continue to build together if you don't deal with the other things, the elephants in the room. Because it's easy to come here and sit on the third and fourth row and worship and sing, but it's also easy to have something in your heart against somebody else. I don't know nothing about truth and love. Yes, Pastor and I talk. I call him on Sundays. What did you preach about today? We go through it. Then we re-preach it because he'll say something. And I'll preach and then he'll tune up the organ. No, I'm joking. That's no organ. We're just, uh, <laughs> just preaching to each other. Um, and then we hang up. So I'm not saying anything that has been shared with me. I'm sharing what God has said. Yeah. And what he wants you guys to know in order to continue to build in love, truth in love, it's time to deal with the elephant in the room. Yeah. It's time to just stop skating over things and, you know, brushing by people. Yeah, I love you. But see, love is an action. Yes, it is. You feel love. Yeah. It's not something that can be mistaken. So God is saying, it's time to get it right. We all go through life's ups and downs, but we have to go through it together. We all have, you know, the with time and the without times and the hurting times, but we have to allow God to heal us so that we can be better for him. Because what, ha what happens is when you're hurt, 
it allows you to add love. It allows you to experience it differently. When you have pain, it allows you to help somebody carry their pain. When somebody has not been seen, it allows you to see others. So I leave you with, it was good for all of us that all of these things happen in our lives so that we can continue to be a blessing and a greater blessing to others. And in my very final moment, my big brother, come to encourage you that God has not forgotten you. He has all the records of you as a child, you as an adult, you working at Flowers Bakery, you working at Lowe's, Bridge and Scratton. And he's been keeping the record this whole time. So I don't want you to think because you find yourself in a different space that it's not going to work out for your good. Because his record is better than our record. I go on to say he sees and he understands your frame, your personality, just your makeup in general. He sees how you have weathered several seasons and storms. So I'm here to remind you, my big brother, that it was all good for you. You're wiser, you're stronger, you're better. And in your song, you've seen too many victories to let defeat win. Love you all. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed what you heard, make sure you subscribe and share with someone you know. And tune in next week for more sermons from Truth and Love Ministries.